well, that was just fine. Easy walk in the park. No bother. Easy win as predicted. It's always hard against Norwich. I, I, I would say, I said last week, always, always, no, actually, you said last Tough week team. that there'll be loads of changes. It'll be completely disjointed and it won't be an easy win, which was, which was the right call. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was, I don't know, you saw the starting 11. Ali Solskjaer, sorry to the people that think he's the best manager we've ever had. I don't know, there's no actual people that think he's the best manager we've ever had, but people that only want to give him credit for his, his positives and don't want to acknowledge some of the more complex issues at play here. He wound me the heck up in, in pre-match. He was being interviewed and um, the person that was interviewing him said, uh, you've made eight changes, I think it was, from the previous thing. goes, oh, well, of course, it's only one change from the previous FA Cup round. He looked so smug while he said it, like, ah, oh, I know they're going to ask me about changes and this is what I'm going to say. It's like the previous FA Cup round was against a second-string championship 11. Oh, but so, they might have Wayne Rooney in the second-string yeah. championship 11. Yeah, that's true. And and he was four months ago or something. Uh, anyway, anyway, um, I thoroughly enjoyed the second two-thirds of this game. Or no, like the... The, the, the last, last two of, minutes, yeah. I, no, I, I really I enjoyed really, the last two minutes. It was good. The last, the 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 end of the like normal time and extra time. United played some fantastic football, and among all that, sure, yeah. So um, I'm just trying to remind myself what happened here. So after Canwell scored, I, I thought United took the game to Norwich. Uh, pretty forcibly after that, and definitely in, in uh, extra time, obviously. And, but I, I, you know, I, the the one positive I'd take out of that game, which was pretty disjointed, really poor quality in the first half, was the sort of ferociousness with which they went for it uh, and uh, you know, tried to win the game, especially Norwich uh, down down the man, which, which I guess we shouldn't like course that you know Norwich at the bottom of the Premier League United are 14 matches unbeaten you'd expect a United side in these circumstances with an extra man to to go after it but we haven't always seen that and in fact these are the kind of games in which uh, United struggled and then we've got eight changes and a lot of those changes are players who haven't had much football Igalo not much football Mata no football Lingard no football um who else came in Dallow, no football for months on end. So it's effectively by one game. By one game, yeah. Effectively, they're either first or second game of pre season. So we should reserve judgment about the quality of the performance on that basis alone, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. Although there's one or two of them whose performances was exactly what you'd expect for everything they've been doing in the last two years at the club. So, you know. Um, maybe not all of them get the full reserve judgment treatment. Um, I mean, in the end, we're, we're through, which is of course what matters in cup football, um, as uh, as the manager called it. And and actually, uh, the the thing you can say about Solskjaer's United is they do have much more kind of going for them when things get tough than they they've had in recent years. But I wonder if how much of that is just the six changes that were made in the game were all, I mean, this is can't have happened very much. Well, it's never happened, does it, outside of friendlies because there were all an six upgrade. changes. Yeah, uh, yeah, all an upgrade on who was on the pitch. Um, and and 
you know, we were 1-0 up when he brought on Rashford, Greenwood and someone else. Um, maybe Matic. Uh, and, oh no, I think Matic no, Williams. came Williams on. is earlier than yeah, Matic. that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's absolutely right. And and at that point, I thought, well, we're gonna we're gonna boss this now because we've bought on some of the goodies. Um, but actually, it was it was a real struggle. And and let's 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 go back a bit earlier because for me, the key change in the game after Campbell's goal was when Pogba came on. That sure. was that was the thing that turned the game on its head. And well, he, he created was, what four chances in this game? Five, 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 five chances yeah. in this game. Oh, no. Added to the four from last week or whatever no, it was. Yeah, I I think it was. Um, I think Bruno created five and Pogba created four, and that's yeah. Uh, but so the goal, the first, the first goal, Luke Shaw, who I think was had a very frustrating game overall. I mean, we had a real go at him uh, for his performance a couple of games ago against was it the game against Spurs? Spurs yeah, we just kept giving away the ball. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of that in this game, but he was absolutely instrumental in in the goal. I mean, United had been very disjointed and not looked particularly together or impressive, but. Broke down the left wing, crossed it in. Mata with a really nice touch. And a player who didn't do much for the rest of the game. There was a brilliant tweet that I saw. I can't remember oh, who wasn't it was sure. Was it a nice touch or he was trying to shoot? Oh, well, I thought you, he was trying to... it was a pass. I thought he was trying to loop it over the defender, but maybe that being wildly generous and he was just having a little sh- uh, shuffle at it. I saw someone um, tweet and I, I, don't, I haven't got the details of it, so I can't shout out the person that it was, but... The tweet said, Matter and Lingard, like the rest of us, waiting for Bruno to do something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then that brilliant finish from Igalo. Was... Yeah, lovely finish. And, and uh, that's a uh, sort of fox in the box goal is the type of goal he seems to get, apart from the, the worldie that he's got against LASK a few weeks back. So uh, he, I think that's what's that, four goals in games he started now for United. So it's a very good return for a. Someone who's who's now first change, I guess, in the centre forward role. Um, you know, for four million pounds plus whatever it's costing us to loan him till January, maybe the same again. Not not a bad return for this this season at all. So that's good. I mean, a couple of players you mentioned there in the in the commentary, Lingard. Who had a really frustrating game running up blind alleys. Did some good stuff. Uh, we had an exchange on WhatsApp earlier about his his who scored rating, which at seven point six would suggest he had a very good game, and yet he's got that rating because he had three successful take ons and four shots, three of which were blocked. Basically, yeah. that's why he's got and, that rating. I think most of the tackles. time he just yeah, and some tack and some tackles, but most of the time he just he was completely ineffective as an attacking player, and he's effectively the the wide left in the forty-three-one, um, supposed to be the the replacement for Rashford, so therefore cutting in, creating chances, scoring goals, just didn't do that at all. And look, caveat of course is that he's not had football for months and didn't have much football before the break either, um, I guess. And then Matter on the other side, he also mentioned who the touch for Bruno, um, sorry, Igalo. Uh, we we can be generous and say he was trying to do it, which would be a lovely piece of skill. But he was completely ineffective. I mean, just not in the game at all. And and one of the things you really notice without Martial and Rashford and and I guess Dan James or, or Pogba in the side is just how much the United's passing went side to side to side to side and was just for all the possession that United did have, not not enough really good chances. I mean, no, at this, and, is, this stage of the pod, we'd normally be 
talking about HG, but the FA Cup has slipped down in the pecking order so much that even the stats guys don't record it for these games. The stats guys are all American, aren't they? That's why and they don't they don't believe in it. World's oldest oh. world's oldest football tournament. The disrespect. Um, the uh, the crazy thing about this is Bruno was the only one looking. I mean, this is back to how frustrating it was to watch United. I mean, we talked about this during the spell of unbeaten games and how there's only a handful of good performances in. But when it's Bruno on his own without Martial or Rashford or Greenwood or Pogba, you really he's really got to do absolutely everything. And uh, I saw some quite serious criticism of his performance, which I thought was wild because I think I think he actually he created a I mean he literally created a lot of chances and was really the only one trying to push the envelope and and he got better once Pogba came on basically like you know sure the, not the everything two... came off for him in this game and I think that's where the criticism comes from uh, 76 73% pass completion which actually isn't isn't I mean it's 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 pretty wasteful but it's not that far out of Bruno's normal performance um, yeah. he is a guy who who will try something to gain something high risk high reward type player um we'll see i mean he's not played for us in a really big game yet you know one of the games where losing possession really does hurt you and we'll see whether it does then but but i mean that's why there's criticism because he he did create chances he does create chances he gave the ball away a lot in a frustrating performance overall from the team and he's the kind of leader of this team now already um, and that's why there's some criticism. I, I don't think it was his best performance for United by any by any stretch. I'm not sure he needed to play at some at some points. I mean, he looked a little bit tired. He's played three games in a week now after a long time out. Um, in, in fact, he played the whole 120 minutes, didn't he? He didn't come off. So. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, which will be well, interesting for the game against the... Brighton on Tuesday. I mean, there's just a couple of things that I want to challenge about this one is calling it pretty wasteful which which i think is quite a i mean it's an understandable word to describe it but really it's like what is possession of the football for it's to create chances right that's that's what we're trying to do that's the whole point of it so he yeah you're i mean you're literally turning over possession a quarter of the time you've got the ball but the times when you don't are the times of goal results this is this is like this is the thing that he's meant to be trying high risk stuff that doesn't come off because there's no there's no way nobody even even like Messi isn't only trying things that come off and and we've been no, so but that, that's it, not it's not the best comparison really so, cause no, it's me- no no cause I'm it's not, I'm not, but, no no but anyway that, anyway look look my my I know you want to complete your point but um <laughs> Uh, the the actual piece I, I was going to push back on is is not about the comparison with Messi. I think the very best creative players don't turn it over this much, and and it's not binary a choice between. Well, if you try high risk stuff, you're going to turn it over a quarter of the time. So, and and look, I think it's a completely fair critic, fair criticism of him. In a game like this, it doesn't matter so much. In a Champions League quarter final game where we're playing whoever and uh, they break on us and score a goal after we've not been able to break them down. It's going to be a really big deal. But we'll see. We're a long way away from that. Yeah, I don't know that there's any creative players playing in T20 
teams that are so far from the finished product that are really not that are really creating stuff like being very kind of like genuinely creating out of nothing pulling something out of the hat the kind of the unseen through ball that only one player on the pitch would have played that aren't giving the ball away a lot like i i i really who who are they i mean i guess you could say like city's creative players don't give the ball away that much but um they're playing in a team that is utterly drilled in the art of kind of position and you know, positional play, right? And so there's always, like, options and it's automatisms and all that kind of stuff. They're not genuine playmakers in the same way. They're more like they're kind of um, cogs in the, in a well-oiled machine. Excellent cogs, but, you know, in an excellent machine. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's to me, it seems like a... And, and even in the big games, you kind of think, well, who... Don't we want a? Don't we? I mean, I guess what you would say back to it is that it's not binary, and you can have a player that could create at that level and give the ball away less. But I'd like to see him. <laughs> That's we, we certainly haven't, and we've got Pogba, who's one of the most creative players in the game, most able to create out of nothing. Who, by the way, like his ball for the build-up to the goal is just absolute genius. Mm. Um, and and he gives the ball away a kind of similar amount of t- of the time, right? No, about is that about ten percent percentage points in, points less. Um, look, I mean, I'm not, not trying to turn this into some big criticism of Bruno Fernandez, but I can understand in a in a largely poor performance from United why that might attract criticism. I mean, he's at the same levels as he normally produces, and we had this discussion last year, and I think it will continue to be so, and will be even more when United play in the bigger games. Now, of course. What you're saying is he's going to be the the player who provides the ball that wins United those games, and he might be. But I think the really, really elite are going to provide those passes and not give give away the ball a quarter of the time as well. And it just it's just going to continue to be a a question about him. He he's the reason apparently. What is the reason United briefed basically that they didn't sign him last summer? The question mark about his. His passing, which was an interesting leak from United as a, as the reason they weren't spending the money when they got desperate enough and realised that Pogba was out for months and they could miss out on the millions of the Champions League, they finally spent the money. But it also turns out that he was a completely transformative signing who, oh, like, sure, there's yeah. no signing that has made this impact on United since Robin Van Persie. That's the last time you had a, you had a signing that's made this much difference on his own to United's general feel and tone. So yeah, anyway, that's so he can give the ball away 25% of the time. If he wants, he's all right with me. <laughs> yes, I hear you. Um, we'll come back to this when United make a quarterfinal of the Champions League, which may be a few years off yet. We'll see where the results go this season. So anyway, United uh, scored um, after a really poor first half. I mean, just really just awful. awful. From there were uh, two shots on target in that first half, one from each of the the teams, uh, and in fact, at times I thought you, Norwich were the better side in that first half. At least th- they looked the more cohesive, uh, and and United just didn't at all. And I guess it was because of the many many changes. But uh, came out of the break, got the goal, and you'd think they'd push on from there. 
wouldn't you? But it just didn't happen at all. No. And in fact, Norwich were able to to you know keep in the game. Uh, and then then Camwell's goal didn't 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 exactly come after a period of Norwich pressure. Uh, but it's not like they didn't deserve something out of it to that point. Yeah, and and it was a hell of a goal as well. Really, just an excellent hit. And kind of, I mean, I did hear some criticism of Romero. Oh, I was going to say, if this was Dave, you'd be on your agenda, hashtag agenda, sorry, and uh, you'd be saying, how could he be being, being by that one? I think he's slow to get down Romero. Right. Mourinho said something interesting in midweek in which he said uh, the players who are unable to to come back really sharp after this uh, are the players it's really affecting strikers and goalkeepers, he said. So I don't know why I mean, a goalkeeper needs games to warm up particularly, but apparently so. Not my striker. <laughs> my striker scored a hat-trick. Thank you very <laughs> much, Jose. A man that you thought was a left-back. Idiot. <laughs> yeah. No, I I, th- I thought Romero was a bit slow to that. I mean, I I don't know whether Dave would have saved it, but I'd like to think he would have. Um, he might have let a couple of other like back passes through his legs or something like that. But um, yeah. So th- they had some big chances. Norwich. There was one that um, Maguire had to dig out a block, um, and then there was one in the second half as well. But United got bang on top um, after. So we we had. The, the five subs in the second in the first half and it was it it was in normal time that they got a player sent off wasn't it because the back end of normal time yeah back end of normal time it last minute in fact i think yeah and i mean like just no doubt what so it looked tiny bit soft when you saw it in real time and then you see it on the replay it's like no this is a sending off all day because that is absolutely a foul and absolutely a denial of a clear goal scoring opportunity isn't it yes and not a genuine attempt to play the ball which is you know where the triple punishment is uh has been removed yeah, yeah. so yes rugby tackled him yeah absolutely um and just fine movement from Magalo. and i think it was it was it it's either fernandez or pogba um that uh that put the ball into Igalo. uh fine fine ball into him as well and there was just a lot of that there was just a lot of after that, there's a lot of like very nice United play that doesn't quite come off because there's a, a foot in the way or something. Uh, there's obviously the Maguire header, which um, uh, Krull like, pulled out a complete wonder save. There was a really good long shot from Bruno, um, with which after like some not-so-good long shots from Bruno, a really good one. Which Yeah, quite a, a quite a few wayward long shots from Bruno. Absolutely, 36 yeah. attempts from United in this game, eight on wow. target, which, which yeah. tells you something about the sort of wastefulness of our... Um, attempts at shooting, let alone yeah. using the ball. Marcus Rashford um, is really struggling generally, I think. It's struggling clearly. I mean, he's coming back from a really difficult injury, isn't he? And coming back in less than ideal conditions. He's obviously done some really good stuff, but you can see he's just not anywhere near his best. Not as sharp as he was before the break, for sure. Well, before his break. Yeah, um, his back break. Um, Martial looked very sharp and buzzy after he came on as the sixth man sub in the uh, in extra time. Um, feels like if you've got five subs in normal time, going oh yeah, we've got to have an extra sub now because it's in, it's extra time. Feels like wow, okay, that's a lot. I do of subs. wonder actually. I mean, it's a it's a chat I was having with a few people on on Twitter this week about the impact of having five subs because I think you can think about it differently as a coach about how to set your team up and exactly what you're going to 
do with your subs and you know typically we only see this kind of thing in international football where they uh, they have a team they want to try and then they're going to bring a whole load of players on because they want to see them in in the wild rather than in training um for a few minutes and and there's this sort of assumption that you start with your best 11 and then go from there but i don't think it has to be the assumption when you've got five subs your best 11 might be something different actually because you're going to manage the game up to 60 minutes and that might be a different selection from what you want to finish the game with because you might for example and just an example use you know extreme pace in the last 30 to really hurt your opponents or something like that um yeah and i do think there have been a few examples of of coaches like trying something different in the last 30 six it's a Hell of a lot. It's more than half the team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah five I'm okay with. Six I'm drawing a line at. Um, <laughs> and the other thing I just wanted to say, I, I, I do wonder whether this will affect football long term. And I know this is just for this short period of time. You know, everyone's coming back. They wanted to manage injuries. It's something the, the, the player unions wanted. But, but I wonder whether there'll be pressure anyway to introduce more subs or larger benches or whether whether some of this will stick anyway feels like such a massive advantage to the bigger clubs oh it is yeah exactly yeah oh yes that's why people will do it because yeah i mean yeah but it, it does it does seem like we were massively advantaged by that i mean I did find it frustrating that we went for the make loads of changes and play rubbish and then try and rescue the game rather than play your best team three goal margin and then try and uh, hold on to the game. But I guess the... the s- but, but the first one, the, the the second one, sorry, that play your best team, get a big advantage and then is an assumption. Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. There's more risk, isn't there? Because the risk of doing it the way where you play the disjointed rubbish team is that you have to bring on the big boys. The, the risk of playing the big boys from the beginning is that they don't do the business and then you've got to keep them on the pitch and exhaust them ahead of like very crucial league games. Although then there's a whole other conversation to say, oh God, I can't believe we're prioritising the top four over winning a trophy, but obviously we have to because it's the real politic of football, but it's so miserable, isn't it? Anyway, extra time comes after the sending off, and, and I did I did kind of enjoy extra time. I mean, it's one of those weird ones where... Uh, the commentator says this is like attack versus defence. This is a training ground re- re- you know, regime sort of thing. Uh, in fact, he prob- probably literally said that. Um, but it was kind of fun, you know, just watching United pummel someone. And I know all the caveats. This is not Fergie, Fergie side chasing the game or whatever. It was against Norwich. You were tired and only had 10 men, but still fun. Yeah. And the level of quality on display, particularly, I think, from Pogba and Martial, was just, I mean, it was, it was outstanding. Some of, the, some of the decision-making in the final third work in these tiny spaces. And there's one where um, Martial cut it back from the byline into Rashford was just inspired. He, he literally passed it. A brilliant movement from Rashford. And Martial passed it into the only bit of space in the whole box. And then at the goal, I mentioned it briefly earlier, but you just watch that goal. And, and, and 
it's one of those things where like often with a goal you'll see the best thing about the goal when you watch replays or a different angle or something like that but this it was immediate in immediately apparent in real time pog was waiting for something to be on igalo spots that he's waiting so he just gambles on a run into space and that enables the whole you know the whole kind of um rube goldberg machine of it all to start kind of turning and he pulls a defender with him which opens up a little bit of room in the middle and okay so obviously there's an element of fortune with the way the ball bounces but there's no fortune about the pass or the run or Maguire's gamble to be in the right place kind of thing. Well, Maguire basically went up front for the last 10 minutes of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was very keen to get the goal, I think. I mean, he's uh, he came close to the header, didn't he, uh, earlier in the game. Um, but uh, yes, you know, United gambled, United moved the players around, Pogba made the pass, uh, helped create the space and, and in the end, you know, pinging around in the box for sure, but... But Maguire was there with a good finish. Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, a really good win. You know, not a, not a well achieved win, but good, really good that we won and keep the train rolling. And and it does feel, and this is where I think, you know, it's a combination of the clearly there's a better collection of players than there's been for a long time. And you know, whilst yeah, you the concerns about Fernandez are are reasonable. He's also clearly absolutely brilliant football and him and Pogba being on the same pitch at the same time is fantastic oh, and it was great yeah yeah I mean the the weaker side starting this game and struggling sort of reminds you of you don't have to scratch very far to to reveal the horrors below the surface do you and because we've had this for a number of years uh story in the paper today suggesting and it just yeah usual pinch of salt and all of that, that um, Ollie would have to sacrifice at least four players in order to get Sancho in. Oh, uh, no. Whatever will we do without those four players? I know. Exactly my reaction. I was like, awesome. Is anyone prepared to? Dortmund want to have her Lexi? <laughs> I mean. Yeah, just a straight swap. Sancho for what? Smalling, Alexis, um, Jesse, and uh, I'll be sad to see him go, but Juan Mata would love living in Italy and art galleries and all that kind of stuff. You know Dortmund's in uh, Germany. Oh, sorry, yes. I don't know why I said it. I was thinking of Inter all of a sudden when I said Alexis. Wow. Um, uh, I suddenly got Inter in my head. That's that's where where I went. There must be art galleries in Germany too, right? Oh, no. no, Actually, actually, I've never been to Dortmund. Right. I've been to much of Germany, but but not to Dortmund. uh, And and, uh, haven't done the pilgrimage to the yellow wall yet like I've, all um, good football hipsters are supposed to do i've never been to germany it was uh frowned upon in my family as a child even though that's where all our family are um uh so i would love to though i'd love to i've got friends that live in berlin might might go and visit berlin's great mm, pretty nice yeah yeah okay. yeah berlin's great um you know more edgy than say munich which is where all the money is munich's very pretty and it's Great in late September for Oktoberfest. Never, ever worked out why it was called that and held then, but, you know. It's like when FIFA 20 comes out in September 19. Yeah. Um, the It's not like that at all. The um, the the overall performance, that the, the kind of, um, the quality of plays available, I was, I was making that point, but I wanted to say that Solskjaer, I mean, the, the mic, the, the kind of like l- local mics, 
picked up a really horrendous moment from Solskjaer where he came kind of like, I was going to say charging down, but genuinely as he was running down the stairs, the camera was on him. And this is maybe a bit harsh, but I'm just going to be honest about what was going on in my head at this point. And it looked to me like he felt like he was meant to come down to the touchline because United were playing badly. So he comes balling down the stairs, gets to the edge of the technical area and shouts, can we start looking like a team again? Shouts is a strong word. Somewhat meekly bleats, can we start looking like a team again? And <laughs> This is your think, Ollie gender, this is. No, but it? you know, because I was about to like heap a bunch of praise on him because I do think he deserves some praise. Like he really does deserve some praise. It's, it's not an accident that we're playing a particular style. Like he, and he has picked some good teams and made some great subs in these last few games. Um, so, you know, got no complaints. And every time there's a there's a kind of sub that you're crying out for or, or a change to a starting our lineup that you're crying out for, he's pretty much done it every time. Um, but there's big holes in what he can do. And I was just thinking, this was when United were playing at their worst and they did need to start looking like they were playing as a team again. But if you're a footballer, what are you meant to do with that? Like, what use is it? Oh, try and be good at football now. <laughs> yeah, um, there weren't any Amazon cameras there for the, the documentary. No, no, they, they've been good. We'll see behind the scenes of Ollie's United when it all falls apart. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a there's a wider question about whether he's he's going to build the team that we all want him to build. Um, a lot of that would depend on him going to a place that none of us know, even Ollie, and definitely not the the management, whether he can actually get there or not, because he's never done it. Mm. Uh, and this is the strange thing about um, a manager being appointed to a top club with Ollie's record. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, he hasn't got the CV for it and did a 14-game trial and, and was given the CEO job, not the intern job. You know, it's just it, we just don't know, uh, and um, then there's the the sort of suspicion that I think a lot of what you're saying kind of you know um, speaks to, which is I think a lot of us fans have this suspicion that probably he's not that good, or he's not the man who's going to take United there, um, and and because he's made so many mistakes and he's learning along the way. Yeah, and I would love it he could develop something, you know, big. That would be absolutely amazing. It'd be an amazing story. But I do find him sort of singularly unimpressive. And it's, that is, as it seems like a very harsh thing to say about someone, but I just mean every time I hear him speak, I, I very rarely heard him and thought, yep, that's something you could buy into. And And the thing that strikes me is, how is it possible that he is so different behind the scenes that he's somehow impressive to all these like very like now very high level of player that we've got in in the side and and it it just seems far fetched to me that they could be thinking yeah this is the man that we're going to like bleed for which okay maybe they don't need that because clearly they've got a lot of motivation among themselves and clearly now there are some leaders on the pitch which is a a huge thing between Maguire and Fernandez, and and you know we know that Rashford has leadership capabilities because he literally ran the country for a day 
And, you know, it, it's there's there's leaders on the pitch, so maybe it's less of an issue. And I don't think he's making horrendous mistakes with tactics and selection. And certainly the players we're being linked to are the kind of players you'd hope we'd be linked to. So, you know, there's there's plenty going right too. This is I just think it's very it's a paradoxical position, isn't it? Neither neither one or extreme nor the other represents where we're at with him. Great. So United beat Norwich in the yeah, FA Cup, good. which tells yeah. us loads Yay. about the future of the club. United. <laughs> oh god, um, I love I love so much love them being back. It's ridiculous. Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Which which of course despite like the snidey comments earlier, my snidey comments earlier about the FA Cup and disrespecting it and stuff, is way more important than a quarterfinal against Norwich. Way more important because, yeah. because you know, it's it's now a pretty long shot that United will make fourth place. Chelsea winning a really crucial game against City, which a game which didn't mean anything for any other reason other than yeah. the the yeah. top four being decided, yeah, uh, or potentially decided. You know, just we got to make six points basically, or five, given the goal difference. Maybe five or six. Hard to say. You know, not much in the goal difference, or seven on Leicester, given there's a big goal difference. Difference, which in seven games is super super hard. I mean, Leicester. The advantage is that we played them on the final day. Maybe we've made up four points because they're not in great form. They do; they are losing a lot of games, including today in the FA Cup. Maybe we need to go to to. I was going to call it Filbert Street now, but it's not called Filbert Street anymore. And it's been, been a long time. The King Power Stadium, <laughs> and win on the final day, which would be interesting when Ollie benches Pogba and Bruno. But he's not going to do that, though. That's the, the no, that's the lovely not. thing. Like that's that's an old joke that doesn't apply anymore. Like because that's that's why why I'm kind of like saying I'm finding all this fault with him. But my God, if you offered me a swap for Mourinho, I'd literally punch you in the face rather just for even daring to say it. Because between now and the end of the season, Mourinho really literally would have benched three of our best players. You know. So. What else we got to say? We're going to talk about Brighton. Shall we, Brighton. Shall we take a quick break and then come back with some Brighton chat? Well, let's do it. If you want more from the show in between shows, check us out on the socials. We are NQAT Pod on Instagram, Ed's at NQAT Pod on Twitter, and we are under our real names on Facebook at No Question About That. So, Brighton are one of the best teams in the country at the moment, aren't they? In for post-lockdown world, at least they definitely won at least one game, which uh, is, yeah. what, is what I'm basing that on. Yeah, 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 that's right. Well, they beat Arsenal, which was extremely funny. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Arsenal had a, a couple of victories since then. Not that it makes much difference to United. I think they're too far back, aren't they, Arsenal, to to challenge for the top four a couple of victories? Oh, yeah, they beat someone, didn't they? Well, they beat Sheffield United in the FA Cup and yeah. then they beat somebody else at the weekend who I completely was, forget. Was it Southampton? Did they beat Southampton? I think it was Southampton. No, we could we could look it up, but fact-checking will ruin everything. Well, Brighton have played um, two games in Project Restart now, and, and this is kind of why... Win and a draw, yeah. Yeah, and... and you know, a win and a draw against teams much further up the table than they are. Um, so they, they beat Arsenal 2-1 and then they drew with Leicester. They are yeah. now... They're, they're now as on... inspirational against Leicester. Um, no. They, you know, they, they had... They, 
I mean, and maybe it's just a the late winner and the salty interview that gives me, you know, belief that they were inspired. I mean, I saw both games. Um, but, yeah, it was more prosaic against Leicester, I thought. And Le- Leicester are not playing well at the moment. Uh, no, although they were they were really good in... Pa- we'll talk about this in bonus content. They were actually really good in patches today. And they just couldn't kind of hold it together for the whole, the whole length of the game. But, yeah, Brighton are now in 33 points. Um, with a game in hand on the on Watford below them, who have twenty eight points, and then probably only need five or six to be safe. They should be safe. I, they might not even need five or six to be safe because you've got four, three teams on twenty seven points, one on twenty eight. So, like, how many points are there? Especially since every single one of those teams looks absolutely garbage at the moment. Um, so, you know, it's but yeah, I I don't I think they'll be very unlucky at this point. They're going to have to have a real disaster of a second half of the season. But, I mean, there's nothing to fear in this game whatsoever. I, I mean, the one thing is whether we'll see Pogba start and not Fernandez, which I wouldn't like to see, but I wonder whether that's a realistic possibility given how tired Fernandez must be. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Seems like a thick bloke. But, I mean, it's. I think I, I would be surprised if Fernandez doesn't start. I don't think... Sasha necessarily makes those really big decisions like that. Um, my concern with Fernandez is just it's a a lot of minutes after a long time out. Yeah, um, but we'll see. Um, and the, the 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 one thing I'm curious about with Brighton is what kind of formation they play because they just play this kind of weird four and then two holding and then two in front of them, but not really in a diamond. And Moy sort of played on the right against Leicester, but not really. He was sort of really inside and then two up front. I don't know what you call that as a formation. I, don't, I mean, I think nowadays so, they call that the 4 2 2 2. 4 2 2 2 2 2. Yeah. yeah. There's so many twos that you never know when to stop with 4 2 2 2. Just one more than you would normally say. Isn't yeah. it? I mean, the, the the one player I'd really not seen much of before this, uh, Lamptey at right back, it was impressive against Leicester. I don't think he played against Arsenal. Did he? I, I, I don't remember him playing against Arsenal. But he, he was, I mean, super quick and comfortable on the ball. Looks like uh, lots of talent there. But the rest of it's rubbish. I wonder whether we might see Marlon Brandon Williams playing in this game. I mean... I wonder whether I just want to see Marlon Brandon Williams playing in this game, and that's why I'm saying that. But, uh, I mean, Shaw has not been absolutely terrible. He did one bit of really, really fantastic defensive covering work when Delo got absolutely skinned. But and... hasn't he started something like 15 games in succession for United? He started yeah, every single game. He started loads of them in, in yeah. centre-back, though. Yeah, playing sure. playing in the back three, but no, I'm sure I'm sure Luke Shaw is the incumbent. Wambasaka's not injured, is he? He was just rested, um, so he'll be back. I guess it'll be Lindelof and Maguire again re- restored. So. Um, yeah, and then so and then uh, Matic. Matt, why not play Matic in this game? Yes, it's, it's probably going to be Matic since McTominay was in this one. And then it's a question of do Bruno and Pogba start if Pogba still is coming off the bench with a bit more time. Uh, next time, as Solskjaer did say he'd play more each game, then it's Fred, I well, assume. Well, Solskjaer said he'd play more more each game and then pick, then started him against Sheffield yeah, United. True, so true. Yeah. I, guess, I guess he's in um, now. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Brighton can only succeed in this game by keeping it super tight. 
you know, I don't think we're going to fall apart like Arsenal. Uh, United will have a lot of possession, 60-something percent possession in the last three games. So uh, Yeah, worth saying as well, we have hardly conceded a goal. Yeah, and if you, incredibly tight. Yeah, it's just so you know that we shouldn't. Uh, there's no real cause. But, but to, for Flappy Shirt Surge and Divey and Dave, Chucky Day, <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, it's uh, yeah, we wouldn't have conceded a goal after the restart. Which again, got got to give credit to the manager because this is this is like, like I said. I think some of the some of the more ethereal stuff, some of the the, the less obvious stuff is probably where his weaknesses are but the actual practicalities he's getting a lot of that right and you can go a decent way by doing that I, you know so anyway um i think it'll be i mean i hope it is he sticks with greenwood who hasn't been amazing but he's looked really like any second now something amazing could happen and it seems a much better option against a team that's presumably going to sit back than than Dan James. Yeah, didn't, sure. Who, who didn't yeah, get I a mean, game against it, I, I, I would, mind you, kind of enjoyed the matchup between Dan James, four foot, whatever he is, and, and uh, God, was it? Um, it might be Dan Byrne. The Brighton left-back's like six foot four, isn't he? He's giant. <laughs> <laughs> Just, so we're yeah, not let's hit have... the diagonals. Yeah, yeah no, no diags in that one. We've got the best diag merchants in the game, though, as well, haven't we? Like Pogba, nobody hits a diag like Pogba. Um, I mean, Rooney, obviously, R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> to Rooney's magical diags. Um, but the, uh, I mean, James is interesting that he didn't feature at all against Norwich. I wonder whether that's Solskjaer thinking, well, this is, you know, even though he might want to play him for sort of rotation purposes or whatever, he's just not the right option in this game in particular. Um, I did, there's, there's no way that Egalo, Mata, Lingard, no way any of those are, are getting in the team, I wouldn't have thought. No, the the choices are, I'm sure Shaw will start, yeah. unless he's tired or injured. Uh, they are McTominay or Matic, Fred or Pogba, or Bruno, I guess, but I'd imagine Bruno's definitely in. Uh, and then James or Greenwood, and the rest of it picks itself. So, uh, Jermaine Genus... Wow, it's amazing! It's amazing how bad co-commentary is on television. Like it, they're so bad. Gina said something like, um, first of all, he, he said that United's defenders weren't good on the ball." Like this is Eric Bailly, who's like Cruyff turning people fun, literally, because <laughs> he'd rather do that than just clear the ball. Yeah. Maguire, who Pep Guardiola wanted to sign, like. He's perfectly good. Andy no, they're Russell. all good on the ball, all of yeah. them. That's part of the problem. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then he said, uh, "Pog was coming to the side for Fred, which I don't agree with, because obviously Pog was a better player. But Fred should be given a chance to lose his place. I'm like, oh, how about you just play your good players? <laughs> you know, like that's anyway. So yeah, staggering from uh, from old genius." Um, I wonder when diversion here, but you started it. Are, are, are there any broadcasters who ever take a chance on on not an ex footballer as a summariser? I don't know, but it would be really it would be really interesting to see. I mean, like, I understand why it's done because yeah. they have the credibility to speak about what it's like to be a footballer, but they are almost never asked on CoComps to talk about what it's like 
to be a footballer. What they're talking about is like adding colour to what you can all see with your own eyes in front of you. And also passing um, comment on ticks and individual performances. Very often players not in their position, in very different jobs, in sure. very different sorts of teams. And hardly ever they bring this out. And they, of course, they don't have, um, I'd say, either the time in the match necessarily because they're always commenting on what the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, rather than bringing out some analysis, which arguably they it would benefit from. Um, or often the sort of ability to articulate it. I was, I was kind of surprised over the weekend. I hadn't seen much of him, but Joe Cole as a you know studio summariser was surprisingly good. Well, this actually, is, this is because he's thing not I... the most articulate fellow, and you're like, oh well, he's never going to do much. But he 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 brought out concepts that you. I was surprised that he he, he actually did that. But I think the quality of studio punditry in the last 10 years, has gone absolutely through the roof. Like, the the level of analysis you get... I mean, even if you just look at the the personal trajectory of Alan Shearer, Alan Shearer is now, like, a really good pundit because he's worked really hard at it, and he did not use... So I don't mean you have to agree with everything he says. Obviously, that's not the condition, but he's thoughtful and considered and all these kinds of things and tries to pull interesting things out of games. And, you know, you got Rio... In Paul Scholes, maybe he's a bit cartoony sometimes but makes very interesting points about the game obviously you've got neville and carragher doing doing their thing in the long form version of it all um but the co-commentary just hasn't come along with for the ride co-commentary is still basically just people moaning about people misplacing passes well it's come along for the ride uh from the 1960s <laughs> as as we know uh, from the period of uh, game club during lockdown but some, was it very worse strange then? co-coms was it worse i'm not sure well, it, it was worse it was certainly surprising when the fellow who only said four maybe five things in the entire game suddenly popped up out of yeah. nowhere <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes in absolutely um but to be honest if with some with steve McManaman, i could do with him popping up four times in the game um Ultimately, probably one of the less annoying ones. I don't know. That's a strong shout, isn't it? But anyway, um, what's the the score going to be for um, when we travel to the south coast and uh, um, play Brighton and Hove Albion? It's a good day out for any fans who want to go gather around the ground and start spreading a you know extremely deadly disease. Got any plans to do that, Paul? No, I don't have no, 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 no. Good, good. Football fans definitely wouldn't do that. Anyway, um, I, I think we're going to win this one comfortably. Maybe, yeah. maybe two nil. All right, I'm going to go for three nil because uh, I'm overexcited. Rash, Rashford's going to get a hat trick this time. Share it around, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then Mason so. Greenwood's going to get a hat trick in the game after that, and then Pogba in the game after that. I'd like to see Pogba get a hat trick. I mean, I'm not expecting it; it would be extremely surprising. Uh, but um, yeah, I'd, yeah, just I'd just like to go and wander by Twitter and see what happens after Pogba scores a hat trick. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, that's enough of that nonsense. Uh, if you're a Patreon backer, stay tuned, and we're going to cover all the football that we've seen between us in the last week. Which I would argue is probably a fairly substantial amount of football. Um, And uh, everyone else, we'll see you on Thursday or Friday next week, depending on when we get it recorded and and edited and stuff. Great. And I'm off to let off fireworks at Civic Buildings. Enjoy, everyone. Bye. 
Freshman. Uh, 